As a small business owner, have you ever felt overwhelmed by the pressure of choosing the right hire or leading a team? Or have you ever found yourself tolerating a bad hire because you fear trying and failing again as you repeat the hiring process? If so, you're not alone and you are in the right place. Welcome to the Growing Your Team podcast. The Growing Your Team podcast teaches business owners like you to expand your unique business by teaching you to master the hiring and team management process. Hiring and managing a team does not have to be a challenge. You just have to learn to do it right. And the Growing Your Team podcast teaches you how to become a confident leader who hires right every single time. Now, let's jump into the show where each episode, you will learn tips on how to identify what type of help you need on your team, how to source amazing candidates, how to conduct interviews that lead you to your idea team member, how to onboard successfully, and how to lead every person in your business so you have a team of rock stars who you are happy to pay every single paycheck. So let's jump in and teach you how to hire like a pro. Hello, Jamie Van Kuyk here, and welcome back to the Growing Your Team podcast. Today, I have on guest Monique McLeod. Monique is a great friend of mine from a local business community, and I'm so excited to finally have her on the podcast. We've been talking about doing this, this recording for a long time. A little about Monique before we jump into today's episode. Monique received her Master's of Business Administration with a concentration in project management from St. Leo University. Upon completion, she entered the startup and small business world to use her education and expertise to maximize her impact. She applies her combined knowledge of business management and post-crisis leadership to promote strong leadership qualities culture development, and retention. She is best known for helping leaders to become more self-aware, verbalize their ideas to create action items, and identify performance indicators to monitor progress. Monique primarily does this work through her company, The Management Suite, which is a boutique strategic management firm that specializes in building cult brands throughout organizational development. She helps small businesses create strategies to attract and retain employees and clientele that will rave about their brand. When not busy with work, Monique prioritizes rest and relaxation at home in Tampa, Florida, or out of town. Good food, no plans, just vibes. Monique and I are talking about how to retain your employees by meeting their basic needs. The needs that everybody needs to feel safe and secure. We talk about this from a compensation level, and we also talk about this from other levels of what you can do in your organization to make people feel respected, supported, and that they have the ability to grow and thrive within your company. So not only do you retain the best workers, But these are workers that are going to help create that cult brand that you want so you can attract top customers, keep growing as a business, 
and attract new quality employees to your team as you expand and grow. So let's jump into the conversation with Monique. Hi, Monique. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Growing Your Team podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Jamie. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you. I know we've been talking about this for a while, so I'm so glad we're able to finally have this conversation. To kick us off, can you tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your business? Okay, so my name is Monique McLeod, and I am the owner of the Management Suite, which is a boutique strategic management firm. And what I do is help business owners improve their leadership, build company culture, and increase their retention for not only their team members, but also their customers so that both groups rave about their brand. Um, I like to focus on uh, organizational development. So I build the business from the inside out. Um, And ultimately the goal is to help these brands, businesses and brands to develop cult brands, um, which essentially is how basically a a company that has a very strong following, whether it's small or large. So using organizational development to help work on culture, retention, and leadership to create that brand for them. Yes, I love that. And I love how like when your focus is that cult brands, because I think that's really what a lot of us want. We want that like those followers that are just like, yes, I got to have you. I got to have this product. I love you. Like all that things. But you focus it on it, not just from a customer perspective, but from a team perspective, because I'm yeah. sure we've all heard those stories of there's these brands that we love. And mm-hmm. then we hear about how they treat their employees. And it's just like, Ooh, I'm not so sure I love you anymore. Exactly. I really do think that um, how how things work internally can project externally. And like you said, when the curtain is unveiled to find out how the inner workings of things are happening, it's never a nice thing PR-wise or just for the overall brand's reputation when you find out that people are being mistreated or I'll just leave it at mistreated, right? Because mistreated can cover so many different types of categories, whether it's being paid, not what they're worth or, you know, whatever other icky things that can be happening in a business. And so, um, yeah, I definitely believe that when you have a good, strong cult brand, a lot of the people or companies that we see that do really well, let's say, well, I don't want to say some, and then people are like, no, they're not great. But let's go with Target, for example. I love Target. Target has a really strong following. And as somebody that has previously worked at Target, Target was the first leader in increasing their minimum wage. Uh, what was it back in like 2020 during the pandemic? And so, um, you know, just to be a leader in your industry while also treating your people well and your customers well, that's the trifecta that we're aiming for. Yes. Yes. I love that. It reminds me of one of my clients that I had, they were very good repeat clients. And that's one of the things like they were known for in their area is just how they treated their employees. Like they were known whenever we'd go into, they're bringing on, they're growing. So they are constantly adding new and different positions to their organization. And when we look at salary to say, are you offering a competitive salary? They were always on the high part to even over the top of what the average range was. And that's where they wanted to be because they really wanted to show that they valued all these team members, that 
they really cared. And they also offered other things in their benefits that show we care about you as people. And their benefits weren't just for full-time employees. Like some of the things that they offered, you had to be a full-time employee, but the benefits that really showed like we care about you as people, a lot of it trickled down to their part-time staff as well. Yes. So it's so funny that you say that. Um, I think that it's a very strong position for companies to decide that, okay, we're just going to pay our people well, because we know that only great things can come from that, whether it's the people internally feeling really good about us. And so there goes the retention piece, right? My whole theory on this is that companies would do well to observe Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And so I live, well, not live, but I believe in that. And that's what I infuse into the organizational development to kind of get a feel for um, how leaders should be looking at their team in terms of providing them fulfillment. And so real quick, Maslow's hierarchy of needs include the basic needs of like psychological needs. So your food and your water, you know, general things, your safety needs, Needs, feeling safe and secure, psychological needs, you know, your esteem, the belonging and the love that you need. And then at the very top, I'm sorry, this is a pyramid and we're going up, um, self-actualization. And so I feel that when you have a company that is um, choosing to pay their people well, that's like half of these things that I've just mentioned taken care of in terms of feeling financially secure and safe, knowing that you're secure and safe. And so your psychological needs are met. And then, you know, the next part that's um, after that would be your esteem and your self-actualization and how you feel at work. And so if the bottom three categories of the pyramid are fulfilled, just by being provided a good enough salary or not a good enough salary, but a salary that people feel comfortable and safe with, then the internal workings at a company are then your culture and how you treat your people at work to um, cover the esteem and the self-actualization piece at the top of Massow's hierarchy of needs. So I always think that it's a very good indication that a company will tend to offer to pay their people more. Of course, sometimes there are situations where the work may be very tedious. And so that is why they are being paid more and just to appeal to other people. But I think that overall, that's a very good start when you have very well-paid employees. Yes, yes. And I feel like that's very, very important. Um, especially when we're talking about small businesses, because pay is a big topic. And mm -hmm. it's always one of those things like, I talk about this all the time. Like we have these other expenses in our business that we're just like, yeah, I have to pay rent. Yeah, I have to pay for internet. Yeah, I have to pay for this. Whatever it is, it is like within a certain reasonable range. But then when it comes to paying people, we're just like, oh, I'm giving my yeah. money to someone else. Well, guess what? When you pay rent, you're giving your money to something else. Like maybe you feel like you're getting something tangible for it, but you're paying that landlord, you're paying mm -hmm. that company, you're paying that other things and then, and everything. So your every dollar is going to pay someone else, even if you're getting something tangible in return. So the pay is super important. And it's one of those things, like, as you're talking about those needs and some of those basic needs, like as I always like to say is like you people, when you're, when you're paying people, you're helping them keep a roof over their head and food on their table. Like those are some of the basic needs. Mm -hmm. And when you're not paying your team members enough where they can feel secure in those areas, no wonder why employees leave. No wonder why employees are not happy. And when mm -hmm. people were like, especially sometimes during the pandemic, when people were leaving for higher paying jobs all the time and they, people could go get more money elsewhere because people were desperate for sometimes employees. They were then being like, I can't believe that people are all about the money. And it's like, 
well money <laughs> is really the core of what makes somebody happy and secure that's that's secure right. it's like yes there are times where it's like that additional money might not make a difference because you already have your basic needs met but mm-hmm. money is a big thing for for security if you look at some of the things where people talk about what are some of the things that the wealthy people don't understand that are struggles for like the lower income people and almost mm-hmm. everything that's one of those things that the wealthy don't understand it's that it's that security factor it's that safety factor yeah. it's those basic needs because when you have that more money it's easy for you to pay for those basic needs it's easy for you to take care of so yes like money is important money is one of those things where if you don't pay your team members well you mm-hmm. really you're going to have such a harder time retaining your team members. That is so very true. I'd like to to touch on what you were saying just in terms of the people during the pandemic, just being surprised that people were leaving for higher paying roles. And I think that maybe a little controversial, but like, I think that there's a lot of privilege when it comes to, you know, the assumption of being paid and what people are deserving to be paid. Because when you come back to the basics of things, right, at the end of the day, work is the actions or completion of a task and the time being spent doing that in exchange for compensation. And so, you know, why wouldn't someone choose to go somewhere else where they're more highly compensated for their time. It's only, to my opinion, there's only once you've reached a certain level of compensation that you no longer have to worry about how much you're being paid because the desire and the love that you have for your work now trumps whatever amount of money, you know, is being made. And I know that there are some people that work in, let's say, nonprofit sectors that typically have a great dedication to the work that they do. And so therefore they're willing to accept maybe a lower rate of pay than those that are in maybe, what is it, private sectors, if you will. But at the end of the day, especially when you're talking about people that are working for an hourly wage, these are the things that we need to understand and take into consideration. And when I say we, I think people that are making the judgment of other people, as well as leaders of organizations to make sure that what you're offering someone that you want to come in and do work in your business for you, make sure that you're making it worth their while to come in and do so. Because at the end of the day, there's anywhere that people can work, right? They don't necessarily have to come and work for you in your small business. And so being mindful of those things, I think are very, very um, important. Yes. Yeah. And like one last thing I want to talk about before we kind of like go into some of the other things that make a team feel fulfilled is I remember working with a few business owners and we looked at what this position should be paid. And these businesses are really in that that beginning stages of, of growth, really bringing in some of their first full-time employees. And uh, I'll have business owners go to me, but that means that team member is going to be taking home more than I am. And this mm. whole thing as a business owner, they should be making more. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where it's like, they think it's this person's deserving less just because they're paying themselves less like less than that amount. And it's one of those things, like when you go to really build your team early on, there might very well be team members that you need that are important, that are going to make more money than you. Mm -hmm. And you need to then look at that and says, well, what's going on in my business that I can't pay myself more. 
Is it that you're not charging appropriately? Is it that you have too many expenses going out? Is it that you're hiring a full-time team member when your business really only needs a part-time team member? Are there some of those things where you need to readjust things and figure out how can you pay yourself more? Because I do believe as business owners, we're often guilty of not paying ourselves ourself well enough for all the work that we do. But also sometimes you have to look at it as saying, I need this team member in here at this level and at this pay rate so this work can get done so I can grow and scale my business. So for today, I might pay myself less than this team member who is technically reporting to me and under me in my organization, but it means six months down the road, I can give myself a raise. A year from now, I'm definitely making more than this team member and I'm growing because my business is growing, but I can't grow my business without this team member here. That is such an excellent point. And I, I love that we're kind of bringing it back to the small business owner, particularly the early stage business owner, because I feel that a lot of the times when we have this conversation, it's had without the smaller person that's just starting in mind. And I always think it's important to be able to provide applicable, you know, tangible information for them. And so I agree. I think that, you know, there comes a time where you're going to have to evaluate how much do I really need this person? If it's just me, what is the opportunity cost or like this, what is it, the sunk cost? What is the cost of me not hiring them versus, you know, continuing on by myself versus if I do hire them, how far can I get, you know, with their assistance, even though for right now in this season, I may be having to pay them more than I pay myself. I think it's very important for business owners to take a look within their finances to get an understanding of what they want to pay themselves and what factors could be causing them not to pay themselves because no one else can dictate whether or not you're charging enough for your services or the products that you're selling, right? Only you have the power to do that. And so it's important to take accountability for what is yours to take on, make those proper adjustments, and then also be upfront and transparent about what you need or what's in your budget, right? And so you may have to pay somebody more than you. I don't think that you should be shamed about not being able to afford to pay someone um, a certain amount that may not be, that may be less than what everyone else is paying. I think it's important to understand your budget, articulate your budget, and make sure that the work that you want for a person to do is commensurate to the compensation. And I intentionally use the term compensation because compensation doesn't always look like monetary um monetary commitment, right? It could look like providing other benefits, like maybe if it's an in-person role, they can bring their child to work and so they don't necessarily have to pay for childcare. And so finding out what works for the other person in exchange for financial contribution, I think is something that is um, very important as well. Mm -hmm. Yes, I love that. And I think that kind of transitions into like where I wanted the conversation to go is, all right, so we've been talking a lot about money and money is super, super important. But just tacking on a high dollar amount to that position and paying someone really well is not is not enough. Like it's that base, but it's not enough. And I really think of this one organization that my husband did some contracting work with and he knows other people that work there and this organization paid really well. So mm -hmm. they were able to sometimes the people that contract for them, get them to come over to full-time employees because of that paycheck. And my husband would never do it because of the fact that he goes, they are mistreated, they are overworked, and people really? are miserable working there, but then they almost feel stuck because of the money that they're making. So it's one of those things of 
money means a lot, but it's not everything. So let's look a little bit more of like, okay, you're paying your team members well, you're paying your team members what that position really deserves, but that's not enough. And what else can you do internally to keep your team members and retain that great talent? Okay, so I was coming up with this thing this matrix that I'm creating and it's called, well, I don't know what it's called yet, but it's a matrix and it's supposed to help business owners to understand what their dynamic mix is. I believe that the way that you fulfill, or let's say compensate and fulfill, you know, here compensate doesn't only mean money, compensate and fulfill a team member doesn't it, it ranges for the type of team member, right? So you may have a frontline worker, someone that comes in, does work for you on, I don't want to say a lower level basis, but let's say you come in and you're a manufacturer, right? You come in, you fill the bottles, you do that type of work. The, the type of person that takes on that type of role may need fulfillment and compensation in a different way than someone that's in the C-suite that makes all of the large decisions at your company. And, you know, those are the types of people that typically get to go on the lavish vacations if there are bonuses and things like that. That type of compensation and um, fulfillment, let's say, may not necessarily be of value to the person that's coming in on a day-to-day basis handling the operations of your company. Maybe they would much rather prefer to get gift cards, you know, for their local supermarket so that that's one less expense that they have to take out of their pocket because they're not really the type of people that value going on vacation because they're used to working. And so the matrix that I'm creating is really meant to help people understand the range of the type of employees that they have in their company and give them a gauge for what may what what those individuals at those particular levels may find to be fulfilling and it's not to say that if you're in one person and let's say in this particular category that you may not have the desires of the person within a c-suite as an individual however it's just a general guidelines to help you become aware of what things people at certain levels may find to be beneficial or um, appreciated for the work that they do. Right. Yeah, I think that that's part of it. It's like looking at those additional things and everything that you can do. And I think it is completely true at people at different levels of different positions. Let's just say you hand someone a $100 grocery gift card. There's certain people at certain levels of your organization that that is going to be like, an amazing thing for them. They're just like, oh my goodness, in my budget, like here's a hundred dollars I could pay for groceries. So it means a hundred dollars I can go in, do something else. Or maybe I felt like I was falling behind in my grocery budget. And this is just going to help me so much like build up on some of those staples or yeah, yeah. and other levels of your organization, they're going to look at it. It's like, okay, a hundred dollar gift card for a grocery store. That's nice, but it doesn't hit them in the bottom line, like, like other levels. So I do feel like yeah. that, that is super, super important to look at that is like what makes a difference at that compensation level you know what really is going to make someone feel that wow my company actually values me made a difference in my life agreed I also the other part to what you asked I think uh leans on to the self-actualization and so maybe the value that you get out of your work and so part of the 
theory or what I put together in terms of the things necessary for team member or employee retention has to do with what are the strategies that you're putting in place to, um, you know, keep your team members. And one of those things I find is um, showing appreciation and definitely um, highlighting the, the team members and making sure that they know that you value them. And so I think part of that could look like making sure that you have people working in your company in the things that they desire and enjoy working in. So, you know, if you have someone that's a person that's really good with numbers, maybe putting them in the most creative portion of your business may not be the best place for them because they really think very systematically and rigid and, um, putting them in a numbers role would make them feel happy and enjoy their work more because that's something that they know that they're good at. So putting people in places of, that they're comfortable and that they know that they're confident in doing their work, I think is one part of the self-actualization. And then the other part is um, commending them and um, making sure that they feel valued in the work that they do. So whether that's through recognition or it is through recognition and um, also just showing gratitude and appreciation for them because sometimes, you know, I do that to employees when I see them at work. Thank you so much for being at work today. You know, so many other things could have happened, but I wouldn't be served as well if you weren't there. So as a consumer, I do that to employees. And so if employers are doing that for their employees, it just helps them to solidify that they're making a difference by being there. Ooh, I love that. I feel like there's so many good things in what you just said that I want to touch mm -hmm. on. So the first one being that, um, well, let's just talk about the end there that thank you. Yeah. I hear so many things from like small businesses along, along the lines of, my workers just don't show up. They don't care. They're not motivated. And how can we flip that switch of like, how do we get them to want to show up? How do they, how do we get them to feel valued? And I feel like sometimes there's, there's other things that are, that are problems when people really aren't showing up to work all the time. But what if we got into that habit of recognizing and thanking our employees for being there, helping them realize that when they're there, they make a difference. Mm -hmm. How powerful is that? How, how would that make you feel as an employee? It's like, yes, my boss recognizes me. They know me. They see the work that I'm doing, that I might be the lowest paid person in this team because that's just the position I have. But this team, I impact. I impact this team. It makes a difference when I show up versus when I don't show up. And I think that just like helps like build that, that recognition and stuff. For, to that point, I think that it activates a level of accountability. So as small as it may be, I think a lot of times we think about accountability as like um, punishment or like, you know, holding people accountable for things. But I think that there's a positive side to that. I'm holding you accountable for being here today by letting you know that I'm appreciating for you, appreciating that you're here. And so therefore, you know, for the shaky employee, that's just like, I'm going to blow off work today. Th th that feeling isn't there anymore because, you know, there's a positive reinforcement for you being at work today. I know that they're going to know that I'm not there because they usually thank me for being there. And so you think twice about how in which you observe your attendance at work, you know? Ooh, I love that you just use the phrase like positive reinforcement. Like, you know, 
I'm a mom of two kids. And what's one of the things they say about like being good parenting or helping kids like realize what to do. It's not always that punishment. It's that positive reinforcement. Mm -hmm. And while yes, our employees are not children. There's a lot of lessons we can use from how we raise our children and how we should appreciate our children that really we should be translating to the workplace as well. So having that positive reinforcement. So that way they understand the correct behavior by positivity and not getting in trouble and negativity. You know, if that's all you're ever doing is being negative around your employees, you're not going to have a good relationship with your employees. Exactly. So continuing on to some of the other things that you said that I think is super important is you talked about really knowing what your team members are good at and where they thrive and kind of giving them positions around that. And I feel like as small growing and scaling businesses, that is something that's super important. We've had people come on that have talked about things like that within their own teams of losing team members and, or being able to reapply like what, where their team members are in their business, because they really have those conversations around their team or they're losing team members because they're not having those conversations. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we've had people come on and give examples of team members being like, I would really like to explore this. And they're able to transition that business into a role that has more of that when it becomes available. Obviously it's one of those things as a small business, there's not always going to be the opportunity of something to be available just because someone wants it. But when Mm -hmm. you know those goals, you can then put them there when that position does become available. So that way you're not going to hire like outside and it's like, surprise, we have this person, that person being, then your team member being like, well, I would have really liked to do that. Like, why didn't you see me? Why didn't you value me? Like, I would have raised my hand if I knew the opportunity was available, but you weren't having those conversations. And then just on the flip side of that, just real quick, Mm -hmm. like I had a team member that we ended up parting ways because my business changed. And I told her, I was like, I'm going to have to change this role in order to keep it within my organization. I understand that you might not want to do this. I want you to think about this. This is what this new description would be. Is it what you want? And she chose no. And so we parted ways, but I was giving her the option because I wasn't going to force her to do something that wasn't what she wanted. And so Mm -hmm. we came to the mutual decision that what my business needed and what she wanted no longer aligned. This is so good. You brought up two very strong points. Let me talk about the first one since it's fresh on my mind. And I think that it is giving people the autonomy to make decisions empowering them with information to make decisions is so highly important because, you know, in another instance, right, you could have very well just changed the role and you could have forced her to do the work because she's your employee and this is what you need now, now need to do. And a conversation didn't have to have been had and, you know, she just would have needed to perform. And so I think that you did her a service by being collaborative in that moment. You as a business owner make the final decision in terms of what needs to happen within your company, but you empowered that person with information to let them know, hey, things are changing around here. You kept them in the loop about what's happening as she needed to know what was happening according to her in the level in your in your company. And also you gave her the choice as to whether or not she wanted to stay to do the work. And I think that that's not a liberty that a lot of um, employees get to have, you know, especially when it, well, in a smaller business, right, it's easier to do if your leader is the one that's willing to have that conversation, but especially in larger organizations, you know, if your job title changes, 
Sometimes you don't get a say in whether or not your job title changes. And then you're judged as to whether or not you can do this work. And nobody even told you your work was changing. And so um, I think that the best thing that entrepreneurs, business owners can do is empower their team with information and give them the option of, um, you know, co-signing to this new direction or leaving if it's no longer fitting them because at the end of the day, you still need what you need out of your business. Um, the second point that I wanted to make is that I feel when you're in your hiring process, you definitely as a business owner need to know what it is that you're looking for. And you also need to be able to identify if the person that is applying is giving you what you're looking for. Because sometimes people will apply to roles because they need a job. They feel like it's something that they can do. However, it's not something that they're necessarily passionate about or that they have a lot of experience in. And so while you can train someone to a certain degree to come into your company and do things the way that you do, if the basic skill set or the basic desire is not there to learn, then you may be at a loss because you've now taken on someone that isn't doing what you need for them to do and and even more of a loss if you didn't even explain to them or weren't clear about your expectations. So that's another place where I think that business owners can get caught up. You're totally speaking my language there because it's like you really need to understand what you need, your expectations, and go out and hire for those. Because as I always say, just because someone's good at what they do does not mean they're right for you. And you mm -hmm. really need that culture fit. You need that what you expect is going to be completely different than what a different boss expects when someone's doing the exact same tasks. So you need to hire for that. And that's where it really becomes important of being clear on a job posting and having great interview questions that can help you identify if, is this person the right person for you? Yep, exactly. This is very, very important. Um, so yeah, these are just major, major keys. And I think it's, like we said, it's applicable for those that may be at a very early stage and are thinking about hiring. And even those that may already have a team and you're needing to evaluate. Oh, the third thing I was going to say <laughs> um, was the potential to promote from within your company. So we talked about the people that, okay, you have them in one particular role. They're doing the job well. Let's say you're that empathetic uh, leader and you have the conversation with them to find out what their interests and in things are. And you find out that, hey, they may actually be interested in doing this. You may not have that role available now to your point, but at least now you know that this is someone that I can promote from within to take on this role or try out this role to see if they have the skill set for it, if I even need it, or you know, maybe this is a new way that they can transition in up level within the company and then I get someone new to come in because the benefit of promoting from within is that you already have someone that's been with your company that knows the ins and outs and bringing them to a higher status does wonders for, you know, their self-actualization, making them feel valued in the work, the potential increase in compensation that they will get. That does great for internal retention and allows you to now bring in someone new. And if you do everything correctly, you may, may even have someone that can now train this new individual coming into your company to do the work. So you have a new person that's in this new role that you can work with that already knows your business and they have the potential of training the new incoming individual to do the work that they used to do. So that's a win, win, win to me. Yes. And it's something that I feel like there's so many important things there. And I, and I love this. 
is that, okay, most work doesn't just appear one day in our business. Mm -hmm. Even if we're not ready to hand it off to a completely separate role, it's something that we still need to keep a hand on. It doesn't just like appear overnight that we're all of a sudden it's like, I'm hiring this role. This work has never been done in my business and I'm hiring this role. That doesn't exist. So a lot of people will sit there and say, but this team member isn't ready for that new opportunity. I need to hire someone at this level and they're not ready. Well, why aren't they ready? Because you didn't put in any, any effort with your internal team to make it so anybody would be ready. You're not mm -hmm. putting any focus on building your pipeline of internal employees. And even if you have only one employee, when you find out what their passions are and you can align it with where your business wants to go and what you eventually want to get off your plate, you can say, you can even be honest with your team member. I know you want a job doing X, Y, Z. From what I observe, you, you're lacking of these skills that would make you right for that role. But so one of the things I'm willing to do is help bring you into some of those projects, help you bring you into some of those decisions, some of those conversations. So you're training them, you're helping them see things, you're helping them gain those skills that they need to step into that role once it's available. And I feel like that's something that we sometimes forget to do in small businesses because we're so focused on just doing, but we need to build up our team. Because not only does it help us keep our team members on our team when they're ready for that next step or they, they want that next step, because if you don't give it to them, they're going to go get it elsewhere. It also helps us build up the team members that we want. So often I see people being like, there's not enough good talents in the workforce. Well, mm -hmm. why is there not a good, good enough high quality talent on the workforce? Because no one's willing to take in the person that doesn't have experience yet. When you talk to a lot of like recent graduates, it's like, all right, well, I have all this knowledge, but I don't have the experience people are looking for. And no one wants to hire someone straight out of college. And it's like, somebody has to, if you, you can't just depend on other people to raise the workforce that you want. You need to play your own part in raising the workforce that you want. Totally agree. And so based off of what you said, what it's screaming to me is small businesses need to be mindful of the training and development that's necessary within their companies. We think about corporate organizations, corporate organizations within their HR department have training and development that's used to help round out the skill set that the people, the employees that they're hiring already come with to help them understand what's going to be expected of them in their role outside of the skill set as to how to function within the organization. And like you said, small businesses are focused on the doing in their businesses. Yeah, they know they need to hire someone to complete a task to help with the operation of the company, but I don't think enough consideration, especially early on, is built into how am I going to train up this person to be able to do more within my company? Like you said, new roles in your company, especially at a small business level, don't just appear overnight. You as a business owner should be accountable, there goes that word again, accountable enough to assess and understand what's happening in your business. And if that's not a skill set that you already possess, that's something you may need to seek out and to help you assess what may be needed in my business in the next three to five years in order to make sure that we're operating effectively. Okay, we need to potentially hire this type of person. I have a relationship with my team members such that 
I know that this person would really love to grow in this area. And so now I can have the conversation as to how can I work with them to build them up to then take on this role? Um, I think that that type of dynamic may cause some people to worry about, well, what if I build them all the way up and then they end up leaving me? right? That's a valid concern. However, on the flip side of that, there's the thought that because you're taking the time and the money to build up this individual, you're now creating a deeper level of buy-in from your team member and employee that can't be found in other places. Because not only did you hire me, you're investing in my future. You're then wanting to promote me to do more work, which is overall building that team member's, you know, overall experience. Um, I think it's always best to focus on the positive. And by focusing on the positive, you're doing it out of, you know, the goodwill of your heart. Not that you can run your business on the goodwill of your heart, but the intention behind everything is to make sure that you are fulfilling the needs of your employees. If so, if fulfilling the need of the employee is to help to continue to develop them so that it works not only in their favor, but also in yours to be promoted within. I think that that's a worthy investment. Yes, yes, exactly. Like, I think there's the quote out there. It's like, what if I train them and they leave? And there's the mm -hmm. thing that comes back. It's like, well, what if you don't train them and they stay? Yeah, you, know, you can you can choose to have an undertrained workforce working for you, or you mm -hmm. can choose to train your workforce and get the most out of them while they're there. Mm -hmm. If we really look at retention, good retention rates and good longevity of an employee are still really low compared to how long a person works in their career. So chances are yep. a person's not going to be with you until they retire. They're going to leave you at some point in time. It's about getting the most out of them while they are there, benefiting mm -hmm. the most both sides while they are there, not just you, both sides. Right. And when you, like you said, like, it's kind of how that person views your organization at the end of the day, they might still leave you because your organization doesn't provide the opportunity that they're looking for right now, but they can leave with a positive impression about your organization, or they can leave and saying, yep, that's a company that took advantage of me while I was there. Exactly. So what do you really want? What impression do you want? How do you want that person talking about your organization once you leave? Right. And I mean, what do we say? Good. What is it? Positive information travels quickly or word of mouth travels quickly <laughs> word of mouth travels quickly and so if you had an employee that loved your company and raved about your business but knew that they outgrew you there's no telling the type of referral that they would then refer to your business to help replace the role no one's saying that this person that's leaving won't help you replace them like that's all a conversation that ultimately needs to be had when you're talking about the succession right of their role from you to the next person. And that's succession planning. So again, another part of uh, the business that we need to be developed is how are we transitioning transitioning one person to from one role to the next, whether they're staying in the company or leaving, in addition to the training and development. So there's a whole sector of the business that I like to call the intangible that impacts the bottom line of a company um, that a lot of business owners I don't think are considering or talking about because overall, most people that start a business start a business because they know how to do what they know how to do and aren't privy to or aware of the other aspects. And so 
that's why you and me are needed, Jamie. Yes, exactly. And I think that's a perfect opportunity to transition into the wrapping up of this because obviously a lot of businesses need the support. They need to learn how to do this in their organization. And that's one of the things that you help with. So Monique, tell people how they can get in touch with you. Okay, so my Instagram is probably going to be the best place where they'll be able to see me and learn more about the way that I think and uh, the content that I have to offer. And so they could find me on Instagram at the management suite. They also could go to my website, themanagementsuite.com. And I also have a little freebie that um, they could uh, get. What it is, is uh, I created a guide for the four pillars of team member retention. And I particularly use the phrase team member over employee because I recognize that as a small business, maybe even a startup business, everybody can't necessarily have W-2 employees. And so they may have contractors. And so I want to be inclusive in the phrase, but they can download that freebie um, at themanagementsuite.com. They just have to uh, sign up, join my newsletter and that will be sent over to them and I have advice there for if you're a new um, business owner wanting to hire versus a existing business owner that already has employees and the considerations that we touched on today are in that guide um, I also will be having a leadership workshop. So we talked about a lot of leadership qualities today, accountability being one of the big ones in communication. And I'm going to be going over those things at a workshop that I will be hosting in the month of May. And so hopefully some of your listeners will be able to attend. Yeah, sounds good. And of course, we'll have the the link to that freebie and information about the workshop in our show notes. We'll share all that out. So uh, thank you, Monique, for joining us today. This is so much great information. So now on to the final question that I love to ask all my guests. We have all had leaders or managers that have stood out to us, whether in our professional life or even in our personal life. Think of a leader or manager that stood out to you and share with us one thing about them. I have one leader that I have in mind and while this person was an awesome leader, a great visionary for the organization that I was working with, she was able to gather a, we call it our superhero team, right? All of us on the team were amazing at what we did. And it was just a great conglomerate of us working together. The thing that I felt the most that she lacked was accountability for her actions and also the results that her actions had caused that impacted other people in the workplace. And so while this was a dream job that I had in terms of the work that I did and the people that I got to work with, those little things ended up being bigger things that made it difficult to continue working there. And so uh, the accountability is a piece that will always stick with me and that I encourage other business owners and leaders to be mindful of when engaging um, with their teams. Ooh, I feel like that's so important. Cause like, I even had a leader myself that was good at every part of the job, except when it mm -hmm. came to managing the team. Yeah. And it was really like one of those hard, hard things reporting to this person when you're just like, yes, I can recognize while this person, why this person's getting promoted, but he's, they're making my life like and day to day, like so stressful. And it's just mm -hmm. like, oh my goodness. Like, yes, right. that is super important. 
Yeah, I would say part two to that is listen to your team members. Like we are all there to do the job and do it well. But if you're getting the feedback that something isn't working, at some point it needs to be addressed sooner than later, ideally. Exactly, like 100%. Because otherwise the team's going to leave and they're going to take all that institutional knowledge with them. Mm -hmm. And depending on the stage of your business, that can be very, very impactful if all of a sudden all your core team members leave because they're just they're done they're done working with you and at the end of the day you're going to be the one left in the dark because you know did you remember all the stuff that they actually said was wrong like how are you going to okay grieve that team loss and move forward without replicating the same type of environment so um taking notes and being mindful of what you're being told is very important Exactly. All right, Monique, we have to wrap up. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Growing Your Team podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Jamie. This was such a fun time. Are you ready to hire a new team member for your business and you want to ensure you hire the person who can succeed in the role, make you happy, and positively impact your bottom line? Then let's talk and see how growing your team can help you master the art of hiring. Through bespoke hiring frameworks and comprehensive guidance, you will learn how to attract candidates who have the passion you desire and the skills needed to succeed. At Growing Your Team, women entrepreneurs and leaders work with us to help them expand their unique businesses by teaching them how to hire like a pro. Let's connect and see how we can help you. Send me an email at jamie at growingyourteam.com. That's jamie, J-A-M-I-E at growingyourteam.com or head on over to growingyourteam.com slash jumpstart with jumpstart being all one word. And let's talk about how you can become a confident leader who hires right every single time.